Chapter 20 Crows and seagulls were milling about on the asphalt or gliding in circles just below the street lamps. Kalia had said birds loved cackle. Was this a sign Nancy and her thugs were on bloom, waiting to throw a ghost at me as soon as I showed my face? Or did it simply mean another storm was coming? I went to the clerk. There wasn't a line for once. Can you offer me safe passage to my car? I'm afraid not. What if I paid you? It's forbidden by the treaty. What time do you close? 10. Can we stay the night here? We are not a hotel, sir. I didn't know if the memorist poisoned my family just to get to me, or if she had plans for them as well. If we walked out of here, would they only take me, or would they take my family too? M needed her treatment now. I devised a plan. I would leave first and draw these people to me. That would, hopefully, give Lou enough time to whisk my family away in the rental, which was parked on the side of the building. When I knew they were safe, I could take the pill Hugo had taken, and then these people would have nothing, not me or my family. That would leave me at the mercy of Eric Olson, but better that than M being at the mercy of people who would poison a child with such a perversely traumatizing disease. I want my package, I said to the clerk. You got some complimentary bloom back there I could use to pay with? Your package is in the safe. Then go get it. I'm afraid the fee is not your cackle this time. Then what is it? We noticed you walked in with an Oshara, suffering from ghost heart. No. That's not happening. You can't change the price like that. The price was never set. If you'd have waited in line. The line again. You should have two clerks working here. The wait time is ridiculous. And why do you have so many people taking back your products? Never mind. Forget it. I stormed off and found May, M and Lou in the toy section where I'd left them. Lou was scraping the skrill off the doll into a Tupperware container using the lid. When he saw me walk up he said, What? This stuff is valuable. They're here, I said. Who? May said. The followers of this memorist person I was telling you about. They're waiting for us outside. How did they know we're here? Lou said. Maybe Cheryl told them. Who? I told them about Cheryl, the pill, and the high price Kmart was asking for it, and how the pill could help us escape. I don't mind doing what they ask, Em said. No honey, I said, beating May to it. No way. Thank you though. I turned to Lou. What if you rode the ghost of a safe-cracking whorl and stole it? I could try, but even if we succeeded, Kmart is not an enemy you want to make. There has to be another way. I have potions but for that many enemies I... Let me think. While Jingle Bell Rock played on the PA, Lou knelt over his leather bag, muttering and pulling small vials of liquid out, then putting them back in. When he'd finally decided on what vial he wanted, he stood and held it up. This is, he scowled at something over my shoulder. How long she been like that? I turned around. M stood in front of the shelf, her face inches away from a toy tea set, 
her posture better than I'd ever seen it. She didn't blink. M May said. M? She grabbed her daughter's shoulders and shook. Wake up. A woman turned down our aisle and walked up to us. She wore a black pantsuit, and I recognized her as the manager who'd brought the case to Kalia two days ago. The manager frowned at May and said, Relax, Mom. I'm fine. M? May ventured, squinting at the grown woman. Is this what you call vesseling? The woman said, pulling a pill bottle with a post-it note stuck to it out of her pocket. Because I've done this before. She handed the bottle to me. Written on the post-it note was this, from Cheryl Glanton. For Charlie Allison. Unpaid. Emily Loretta Allison. May said to the woman. Get back in your body right now. Those were words I was sure my sister had never expected to utter in her life. Okay, the woman M said. But I'm pretty sure we need a head start. I think they're going to be mad about this. I'll be right back. She spun and ran off with the herky-jerky running form of a child. A few moments later, M turned from the shelf and said with a big smile, I'm back. Don't ever do that again, May said. Lou said to me, I guess we don't have a choice but to go with your plan now. Let's go. Hurry. As we ran to the front, my head was on a swivel, watching out for people in blue Kmart vests out to tackle us. Breathing heavily, Lou said to me, Sorry about the milk thing by the way. You were so calm about the bite, I thought you had the milk on hand. Can I trust you to watch after my family while I'm gone? I'm insulted you felt you had to ask. I pay my debts. I'd probably protect those two for free I like them so much. We stopped at the sliding glass doors in the front, and I handed Lou the keys to the rental car. The vials are in the trunk. I let his hand swallow mine in a shake, then I hugged May and M. I'll see you soon. I'll fix this. I swear. Don't fix anything, May said. Just be safe and come back to us. Then we'll fix whatever this is together. I ran out into the parking lot, into the cold twilight, and the dozen or so people leaning against their cars stood alert and looked to Nancy. She pointed at me and said something. And I sprinted away from the rental car, my breath pouring out like steam from a train smokestack. There was a faint wisp of a whorl on the edge of my vision, the streets of Chicago, but I was too far away to be swallowed by it. I kept running. There was singing behind me. I looked over my shoulder. They were all there behind me, racing to catch up, the seagulls and crows following in the sky. They were fast. They were closing on me. And they were well away from the rental, which Lou and my family were dashing toward. My family was going to make it. They would be safe, for now anyway. I popped the pill in my mouth before my pursuers could reach me, and I swallowed. Then I blacked out.